Okay, so earlier this month, I asked a question in the Champions of Hope Facebook group. Um, as a holiness denomination, we often focus on what holiness looks like for an individual. Yet, God is three persons in one entity. All equal, but with different aspects. So, I think looking at what holiness looks like in a community is important. So I asked, what does holiness look like within a community? The answers were varied, but it had a theme. Peace, mercy, love, unity, selflessness, submission to God and each other. I don't know about you, but these sound to me like the two greatest commandments that God gave us. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and loving your neighbor as yourself. With some of the fruits of the Spirit thrown in, Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. Isn't there faithfulness in there? Faithfulness and self-control. <laughs> Reading through John, because we've been doing that a lot, <laughs> a lot this year. Um, we are on our, this is the eighth month, so this is the eighth time through at least um, for most of us um, that are participating anyways. <laughs> Um, so, reading through John, especially in the chapters of 13 and 17, gives us an idea of what Jesus wanted for the church. In fact, chapter 17 is Jesus' prayer for us, his disciples, and those, well, those of us, us, that would believe because of his immediate disciples' message, which is us. Okay, so there's any question, Jesus prayed for us the night before he died. So, it says, uh, Jesus is praying. He says, now I'm returning to you. I'm saying these things in the world's uh, hearing so my people can experience my joy completed in them. I gave them the, your word. The godless world hated them because of it, because they didn't join the world's ways, just as I didn't join the world's ways. I'm not asking that you take them out of the world, but that you guard them from the evil one. They are no more defined by the world than I am defined by. Make them holy, consecrated with the truth. Your word is consecrating truth. In the same way that you gave me a mission in the world, I give them a mission in the world. I'm consecrating myself for their sakes, so they'll be truth consecrated in their mission. I'm praying not only for them, but also for those who will believe in me because of them and their witness about me. The goal is for all of them to become one heart and mind. Just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, so they might be one heart and mind with us. Then the world might believe that you, in fact, sent me. The same glory you gave me, I gave them. So they'll be as unified and together as we are. I in them and you in me. Then they'll be mature in this oneness and give the godless world evidence that you sent me and loved them in the same way you've loved me. Father, I want those you gave me to be with me right where I am so that you can see the, uh, so they can see my glory, the splendor you gave me, having loved me long before there ever was a world. Righteous Father, the world has never known you, but I have known you, and these disciples know that you sent me on this mission. I've made my... Uh, made your very being known to them. 
who you are and what you do, and continue to make no it known, so that your love for me might be in them exactly as I am in them. If there was any question, that was John 17, 13 through 26 in the message. Um, Jesus wanted us to be one in love. Like him and the Father are one in love. The Trinity is hard to get into and describe on a Sunday morning. Um, plus, I'm pretty sure that it was my father or my grandfather that said to one of his students um, that anyone who thought that they fully grasped the Trinity was either crazy or a heretic. So I'm not going to try <laughs> try to go in and teach it. Um, but they are one in community with each other. And they have been since the beginning of creation, and they continue to be one in community now. Even more so, and um, Pastor Mike preached about it, uh, well, shortly before he left uh, and moved to Indiana. Um, but Jesus made it possible for us to be in community with them as well. So one thing we do know about the Trinity is that they show love for each other by submitting to the other persons in love, uh, out of love. And Jesus says, and this is in John 14, If you love me, you will obey my commandments. Then I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. You will know at that time that I am in my Father, and you are in me and I am in you. The person who has my commandments and obeys them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and will reveal myself to him. Jesus replied, If anyone loves me, he will obey my word, and my Father will love him, and he will come to him and take up residence with him. The person who does not love me does not obey my words. And the word you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and will cause you to remember everything I said to you. <clears throat> so what was the command? For if we love Jesus, we'll follow his commandments. What were his commands? I, uh, in John 13, he says, I give you a new commandment to love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. Everyone will know by this that you are my disciples, if you have loved one another. And in John 15, he says, Just as the Father has loved me, I have also loved you, remaining in my love. If you obey my commandments, you will re remain in my love just as I have obeyed my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that my joy may be in you, and your joy may be complete. My commandment is this, to love one another just as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, that one lays down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. And then, this I command you, to love one another. So this is an interactive part. What does it mean to love one another the way Christ loves us? Huh? Laying down your life? 
But what does that look like if we're not actually dying for them? You're giving of your time and your resources. Giving of your time and resources? Freely. Freely. Okay. Mm -hmm. Putting Christ first in everything. Sacrifice. Sacrifice. So love is considering others first. I discussed that. Love looks for the best. Love shows respect. Love seeks unity. Love isn't selfish. Love offers the best. They offer the best. <laughs> when they sacrifice, they're offering the best. And love uh, displays patience. But how can we be united in love when we disagree? We can be respectful, because that's, that's important. Whether we agree with the person or not, they are a child of God, created in their image. They deserve respect. And you can show it by asking questions. Asking questions like, what brought you to that conclusion? Ask questions to help you get to know the person and why they disagree with you. And don't ask them so that you can find holes in their thinking or so that you can uh, combat uh, it. Ask questions for understanding and listen to the answers. Avoid arguments. You want to avoid arguments. Arguments cause a winner or loser mentality. Arguments try to prove the other person wrong. And often, arguments tend to leave people hurting, feeling unheard and unloved. So you want to ask questions and respond kindly in a way that doesn't make it an argument. Just this week, I had a conversation with a coworker of mine. And I was referring to a post um, I had made on Facebook about the Bible. Um, and I used the phrase inspired word of God multiple times. And my coworker responded with the fact that he thought it was a book of stories written by men that had life lessons in it, but wasn't necessarily um, God inspired. And instead of arguing, I listened to what he thought about religion and spirituality. And then he asked me some questions, so we were able to talk a little, while also disagreeing. Another way to love someone that you disagree with is to show empathy. The Psychiatric Medical Care website has an article discussing the difference between sympathy and empathy. Um, now, in their case, they were referring to how it can um, affect uh, suicides um, or suicidal attempts, but they still have some good distinctions there. In it, Jenna uh, Kisling says, sympathy involves understanding from your own perspective. Empathy involves putting yourself in the other person's shoes and understanding why they may have these particular feelings. Sympathy knows what the other person is feeling, where empathy feels what the other person is feeling. 
So empathy knows what the other person's feeling, or sympathy, or sorry, sympathy knows what the other person is feeling, or empathy feels what they're feeling. And it requires listening with a purpose. I've already touched on that above a little bit, but listening uh, with a purpose requires that you can ask open-ended questions to get to know the person's point of view. It requires listening without trying to come up with a response or rebuttal. You are listening so that you can put yourself in their shoes and feel what they feel. Listening with a purpose requires that we consider their stance. It means we listen to their why and we see where they're coming from. This stance is often formed by their upbringing and past experiences, both positive and negative. It shows less judgment and it helps be empathetic. And another way we need to show people that we disagree with love is by grace and truth. When we do have that an opening to share our own views, we should do so with grace and truth. This is where the fruit of the Spirit come in. Lovingly approach them. Talk to them with patience and kindness. And control yourself not to get into an argument. Now this is important when it comes to us as believers and being unified in love. Because we're, even if we disagree with each other, we're going to want to be trying to follow these, you know, these principles of showing respect and showing empathy and uh, having grace and truth. So if we're all trying to do that, then we should succeed <laughs> at not having arguments in our disagreement. And definitely, we should be able to succeed having disagreements without the hurt. We need to be respectful by asking questions and avoiding arguments. We need to show empathy by listening with a purpose and considering their stance. And communicate our own views with grace and truth. By doing these things, the church should be unified in love even when we disagree, because we are made of multiple persons, so we're going to have different points of view. So let's pray for a moment. Lord, we want to be the shining light that you meant for the church to be. And that requires that we show love to each other and to the world around us. And we just pray that you will help us to grow, help us to have the love and the patience and the um, kindness that is needed so that we can be unified. Lord, I just, we, we just want to be more like you. 
what our relationships with each other to look more and more like your relationship with each other. Help us in our endeavors. Amen. Can you go, please? <laughs>